Ladies and gentlemen, do not be deceived. You are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We are back for 2019. Woo! So excited to have you. The voice you are hearing, don't be don't be alarmed, ladies and gentlemen. The voice you are hearing is that of the one and only Gigi Broadway all day. All day. Gigi. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Cheats. I'm very excited about the first episode of the year. We have a very special guest that called into the show. Justin Tinsley is the sports and culture writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. We had a wonderful interview. We had a wonderful talk. And the best part of this whole thing, he represents the 804. Nice. I'm excited. We've got a brand new year, a brand new GG Broadway. We're going to get into a little bit of that. We're going to get into our interview with Justin Densley. Should we change the song? It's 2019. Should we have a new theme song? Why not? Let's do it. What? Don't ask me. We got to have something, though. Something different? Yeah. Does it have to be a Dipset song? You know I'm never going to oppose Dipset. I'm not either. So at first, (laughs) as always, it's a new song. But it is, ladies and gentlemen, Dipset. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for 2019. You are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. Gigi Broadway is in the building. Dipset is back, even though it's a different Dipset. It's a different Dipset. Gigi, how are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great, feeling rejuvenated, feeling ready to tackle this new year. I'm excited, man. Are you big on New Year's resolutions? Are you a resolution person? I am a resolution person. However, um, I find it hard to stick with the resolutions, but I do like to set forth the year with brand new resolutions. I do. I try. I try. So that's a good way to segue into my favorite section, your favorite section. We are bringing it back again. We see it. We don't see it. And we've already hit on it a little bit, but the first we see it of the year will be New Year's resolutions. Gigi, you said you're into it. What is your New Year's resolutions? All right. So one resolution is to to get out of my own way uh, mentally and stop overthinking everything. Trust the process and stop seeking perfection in my endeavors. Get in there, get my feet dirty and just do it. Stop thinking. Just do it. That's my that's my main resolution. Just do it do it how's that gonna look like though i mean that sounded very much like a self-help mantra uh, yes which <laughs> so, i definitely need it sounded very positive <laughs> yes you're really gonna pull the trigger this year you're really gonna go for it. and practicality what does that look like does that mean you're gonna you know go to different events be out at the gym more what is what is just doing it look like well I, ha- I laid the groundwork for a couple different things um like you know a podcast a couple shows a couple venues or avenues of content that i want to get out to the people um i also want to be more present in the community because I, st- I feel like i started off good last year and then it just kind of fizzled off and i just kind of got into my recluseness and so i want to you know i want to attend more events i want to support more i want to be out there you know hit the ground running and just be out in the community more i think know? that's a good i think that's a good way to start the new year I might need some help. It's good. I, I can help. I'll be. We're we're outside. We're outside every once in a while. Not always. Yeah. But we're outside every once in a while, so we can we can try to help. Yeah. You, I'm trying to think. Um. So 
I started this year, so I have a couple of goals. Okay. Uh, everybody's not, uh, you know, a, you know, religious or spiritual in that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, but one one of the things I want to do is every Sunday of this year, I do want to attend a service, okay. a church service. I've already missed one, but <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a very good good excuse. Okay. Last Sunday with the snow, the service was canceled. Okay, that is a good excuse. So the service, they, they sent out the announcements that the service was canceled. I, I'm i going to try, um, you know, we have our home church, and, and me and my family, we do have our home church. Mm-hmm. We got married in that church. We do go to that church. The one thing about my home church is it's it's mostly older. Okay. The congregation is mostly older. Mine too. So I'm, I'm trying some new churches and some new places of worship that are that are younger. So okay. I'm excited about that kind of that endeavor to just see what that looks like. Um, but I get to I tell you that to get to this when last week or two weeks ago, um, one of the messages that I heard was uh, focusing on basically the process. You kind of said this as well, but focusing on the process. Mm-hmm. Focus, asking the question of how can I put in the work to get to the end result where I want, as opposed to most people ask, how do I get X? Like if they, they see somebody else that has something or they want this job or they want this you know car that they're like hey how do i get that car yep and the question should be what work do i have to put in exactly to put me in the position to get the end result that i want so that's kind of going to be my in the back of my mind hopefully as i go through the year is like what work do i have to put in and ask that question as opposed to saying how did you know you become the greatest basketball player of all time? I want to be the greatest basketball player of all time. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, what drills did you do yeah. to become the greatest? So that's a little bit of where the new year, you know, in January, because <laughs> it is January, that could change tomorrow. But in, I'm trying to figure out how to ask those questions of like, what can we do to get X? So we all, everybody kind of wants this end result. Mm-hmm. And they ask for the end result, but they don't ask like what were what process did you do to get to the right so that's where that's where my focus is going to be i like that um as we move forward so i mean we can't avoid the elephant in the room it is the biggest story in culture urban culture hip-hop culture that's just kind of taken over and it's not a positive story by any stretch of the imagination it's, it's a problematic story that has very, I don't know how many layers. And yes, Gigi Broadway, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about R. Kelly. Ugh. Ugh. So, mm. um, without going into all of the history of the detail about what, what's what been happening, we'll just catch you up to speed in regards to uh, Dream Hampton made a six-part docuseries. Six parts. Six parts. Six hours of, you know, documenting R. Kelly's, uh, you know, sexual harassment, pedophilia in many cases, rape, and, and like, abuse, uh, mental, physical, all kind, like, kidnapping, abduction. I mean, it is <laughs> awful crazy. in regards to the six-part docuseries of R. Kelly, which is obviously, you know, even if you, you can't be living under rockets, the I believe I can fly. I mean, literally up until, you know, two weeks ago, well, whenever the docuseries aired, 
pretty much the universal king of R&B. Very, very popular uh, singer out of Chicago. Just writer, producer, musician. And now, you know, obviously, we're see- we've heard for years. Again, this is something that has been happening in... in our culture and our community for years we've heard Long we time. knew that he married Aaliyah when she was 15 and he was 27 yep we knew we so but now there is obviously vigor new renewed interest behind the mute r kelly movement all the things that we've happening you've always had a different perspective in society <laughs> when it comes to these types of things however i am speechless obviously appalled disgusted at all the things very concerned what do we make of all of the r kelly stuff see what the whole thing i mean nothing surprised me out of really the whole six hours i mean it's the story's been going on for so long i mean it's it's been cases it's been talk i feel like it's always been a hidden stain in the industry so I'm just more so appalled at the hypocrisy of the industry and the culture in general. I mean, that's my take on it. Cause I mean, nothing is really new. I mean, everyone has known about R. Kelly for over, uh, for decades now, you know? I mean, it's, it's I don't know. So I, 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 I am troubled, right? Because up until the series that just showed recently, mm-hmm. I probably would have still aired on the side of yeah, I listen to R. Kelly. Yeah. Even up until that point. However, and a lot of people have said what you said in regards to why now. Right. My response to that <laughs> is knowledge is power. The more you know, right? The more you know, the more you have to you have the information to change your mind. Okay. And so we did know certain things. We knew about Aaliyah. Yeah. We knew about the allegations. We knew about the, the sex tape. Right. You know, we knew about those things. But for some reason, to me, and I know what the reason is in many ways, but in some reasons to me, and maybe it is just we didn't put enough faith in black women. We didn't put enough faith in black girls. We didn't care enough because it was black girls in Chicago. But that six-part series is enough for me to be like, I'm off it. So that was enough for you to, like, cancel R. Kelly completely. I'm on that. I'm on that. I'm on that program. Are you erasing, like, his songs out of your playlist yeah, and all that? Yeah, I don't rock with it. Nothing. I don't rock with it. What about collaborations with other artists? No, I don't rock with it. Those are gone, too. I can't rock with it. And I can't. And call me one of those people that are Johnny-come-lately to it. But again, <laughs> no, seriously, I hadn't seen, like, I didn't know any of those women in that six-part documentary. Outside of, I may have seen his ex-wife, right, a picture of her. Okay. But, like, I didn't know the, to the extent of those stories about what he, you know, has done. And it's... You don't know about, like, the bedrooms and the studios and, like, Sparkle all of and that her stuff and was all that. All of that stuff was, like, you know, kind like of outside chatter. chatter. It wasn't anything that was confirmed. Obviously, he's still... De- up to this day, he's still denying it, yeah, right? true. So it was, like, it never became real to me. And, and I liken this to, you know, how we know, we know certain, you know, professional athletes or whatever... Uh, you know, quote unquote, abuse their wives or whatever. Mm-hmm. But or we know certain cops are, you know, acting above the, the their duties. Okay. But everything changes when those videos come out. That's true. Right. So if we see the video of the NFL player hitting a woman, or we see the video 
of the cop shooting an innocent unarmed man. Like, that changes the perspective, and it shouldn't. Like, we should know. But with R. Kelly, I had to see all... I sat and watched all six parts with my wife, and I'm thinking, yo, this is ridiculous. It's crazy, right? Crazy. But, I mean, it's also an air of, like, having to put that entertainment element in it, too. So, I mean... Then you got the whole cycle of abuse since, you know, he was abused by sure. a family member. And then that's that whole thing. It's just it's a lot of layers. It's a lot of layers. And it is uh, all again, all disturbing. Yeah, there is not. I, let me switch gears and ask you this, because this is what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. There is still people attending his. He doesn't have concerts because concerts get ca- canceled. But there are still people that. Went to Chicago last week for his birthday party. Screaming, there, take me hostage. Yes. There are still people playing his music. There's this whole thing about if not him, like, why is it just him? Why aren't we, you know, talking about Everybody other users else? that did might have done things wrong? Which I and understand. I understand to an extent, but it's also just like a deflection, right? It's like, let's take the pressure off of this one individual who I feel like now it's safe to say we know that he is problematic beyond repair yeah i just don't understand the people that are in defense because i mean is is step in the name is ignition that good like you can't (laughs) bump and grind like i don't understand you can't stop i mean i don't know man you who was it that said was it french montana that said he deserved to like have his legacy it was it was french montana this week and i'm telling you now there's a lot of people that I think are making smart decisions mm-hmm. when it comes to these public comments, and there's a ton of people that are making horrible comments, right? Yeah. So it's like, you don't have to say anything. French Montana, you don't have to say anything. You don't. The only people that really have to answer, I think, are the people that did songs and collaborations with them mm-hmm. that now feel like they've been led astray. But also hypocritical, like Lady Gaga they, Lady Gaga did a collaboration with him back in the day, but the song was called "Do Whatever sure, You Want to My sure. Body" or something. I mean, come on, you got—they knew. I'm okay. I, I'm okay with Lady Gaga muting him. I'm okay with Celine Dion and Chance the Rapper. But didn't they know though, cheats? They yeah, didn't know I mean, before I, that. So I, why I th- now? I think so. I mean, I think they knew something. But here's the thing: again, if you're here, like one. You got to talk about the power of the system, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But the power of the system is that this guy's turning out hit after hit. After, I'm talking about mega hit. Mm-hmm. Right? And say he comes to your, you're an artist. You know what I mean? Or you are in need of a hit. Or the label says you need to work with this individual. Mm-hmm. He comes to your studio. Say you don't come to his studio. Right. He comes to your studio. He seems like a normal individual. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of ways. I'm not making it excuses i'm glad that there's people celine dion all of them you know stepped up and said hey i did a song with him i made a mistake okay right yeah um but the ones that are like just let them be <laughs> french montana was on the whole <laughs> oh the whole th- yeah just see, let them be but you have another thing because you know okay you said when you start bringing up other people it's like kind of like deflecting but in a way I'm on the side of like, okay, like Brian Singer has been accused of a whole bunch of stuff. Just won a what? A Golden Globe? Sure. You know, you have Harvey Weinstein that are getting cases dropped secretly or, you know, low key here and there. You have, it's so many people. I just think you have to, when you know better, right? Like you have to do better when you know better. 
Yeah. So, like, there's no excuse for Harvey Weinstein. There's no excuse for some of these people that we know about. Um, the ones that are still... I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for, I think, culture. I think it's going to be hard for uh, hip-hop culture, urban culture, R&B culture, because when they start looking at Mike Jackson... Did you hear they're coming after Mike? Right, like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, when they start looking at... Uh, 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 when they when they really start... and I, They're coming after I, Mike I think Jackson. I think it's going to be... Almost a level of purge that that we're, we may not be ready for, but I do think that when we know, we have to say enough is enough. Yeah, that's true. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We will be back right after this with our very special interview, ESPN's sports and culture writer, ESPN the undefeated sports and culture writer, Justin Tinsley. We'll be back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Cheats Movement on WRIR. This portion, our featured interview, is brought to you by 804 RVA, one of the best co-working spots in Richmond, Virginia. Make sure you check them out. Joining me on the line, I'm very excited to talk to this brother. His name is Justin Tinsley. He is the sports and culture writer at The Undefeated, one of the absolute best websites covering sports, culture, even more we're going to get into all of the things that the undefeated does but justin welcome to the show hey thank you for having me on brother it's an honor and privilege to be here oh man it's a blessing to have you and it's even more of a blessing for uh myself and the audience to know that you have 804 roots talk to us a little bit about that oh man i, I wasn't born i was born in salisbury north carolina but i've actually my mom and i we moved to the 804 uh, Petersburg, Ettrick area, uh, around when I was about maybe about two years old. So I wasn't born here, but I was definitely, definitely raised here. And when anybody asks me where I'm from, I definitely say, you know, the 804, you know, Ettrick, Petersburg. I think they call it like Southern Chesterfield now. So <laughs> don't that, say that. that don't say that. Yeah. No, it, no, they don't. No, they <laughs> yeah, yeah I, look, I'm just, I'm just saying they, what, what, what my mom is. What, when oh, I have to send man. my mom and my grandma stuff, they always make me put Southern Chester, I'm, South Chester. I'm like, this does not feel right. Man, but they're whatever. trying. But, they're trying. Yeah. Now, did you they're grow trying, up? But I'm. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up a Virginia State fan? Being so close. Uh yeah, I mean, because I actually have uh some family history there. My grandfather used to be a football coach there back in I believe like the late '70s, early '80s. Uh, my uncle, he was a, uh, he was a football coach there for a while. Andrew Faison. Uh, my uncle, my uncle John, uh, he played football there for a little bit. My little cousin Andrew Faison, he played football there. So I, I've I've known Virginia State pretty much all my life. And I used to go to the homecoming uh, when I was in middle school and high school all the time. Oh, the because great. I was I only lived like two minutes away from right. Virginia, so it was it was right there. Oh, so you look, you grew up going through the good mixtape days at homecoming. Oh man, <laughs> oh man, like we we can we can spend the next hour talking. Could we about though? That. I used to. Could we I, though? I used to rack up on mixtapes. Oh that. man, I will never on the strip. Yeah. I will never forget the year. I can't even remember what year it was. I was at state the year that like all the cops came and was like pick them all up. Like I we we, we I would go. That. <laughs> I was there. I, I was yeah, there, yeah. me and my brother. And we, you know, basically at this point for homecoming, you know, you got to have your mixtape money ready. You know what I mean? You had to have yep. your cat. They came yep. through and picked them all up. Like the cops was like, yo, no, pick them all up. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. But, oh, man, that's bringing me back. 
Yeah, that that was a great me- well, not the cops. <laughs> not the cops. Pick it all up, cops. but the, the mixtape memories at homecoming. Those, yeah, those that was some legendary times right there. Oh man, so let's talk about it because you are at the undefeated. Uh, it is right. killing the game right now when it comes to sports and culture, urban culture, hip hop culture, and a lot of people I'm sure want to know because. You know, from the outlook, from the outside looking in, Justin, you got the dream job, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So, how were you able to turn what you were passionate about, that sports, that culture, uh, into a career? How did you make those steps? All right. So it's it's a long story, and I'm gonna try to give you the elevator pitch as much as I can. So, I graduated from Hampton University in 2008, and right after I graduated, I I moved to Chicago with one of my fraternity brothers, one of my best friends, a guy named Will Dyson. And I was looking for a job while I was up there. So if you remember, I, I you know, a lot of people have been doing like these 10 years ago pictures like on Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I'm whatever afraid to it do is. it, but I see it everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's a way. Yeah, every, everybody's doing it. So it, 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 looking at it through that perspective, 10, well, 2008, uh, I could not find a job anywhere. Remember, that's when the recession was like very, very, like that thing was, it was, it was crippling it was for, real for a lot of it people. was real 2006 yeah. on yeah. yeah it was crippling for a lot of people myself included and i was looking for something to do to pass the time while i was looking for jobs because like you can't just look for jobs 24 7 you just go crazy <laughs> and one of the things that i used to do to you know to make money we just finished talking about mixtapes i think the statute of limitations is up when i, I think it. you're good dj but, drama's yeah, out you're good <laughs> yeah I, I think i'm good drama's good so, you're good I used to make mixtapes like for for like campus, and I used to just sell them for like five dollars. Whether it be like the new Lil Wayne mixtape, uh, whoever was popping, look the Dream, you know, what I mean T Pain, whoever was big at that point in time. I used to just make CDs, make mix CDs, and uh, all that type of stuff. And so once I moved to Chicago, and you know everybody dispersed to different parts of the country after we graduated, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just make a blog, and I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna upload songs that I like. And give them maybe like a two or three sentence write up, and so that way all of my homeboys and all of my homegirls who are hitting me up ask me, "Hey, can you send me this song? Can you send me this? Can you do that?" And I was like, "Yo, just go to my website and just get it from there." And so I started doing that, and then one day uh, a really good friend of mine he hit me up and he was like, "Hey, man, have you ever thought about posting less music but writing more about the songs or about the mixtapes or whatever the case?" I was like, yeah, but like, what what sense does that make? Like, why would I want to write more? <laughs> right. And and he looked at and he, he didn't look at me because he called me. He was like, no, you ain't got a job. Like, you got plenty of time on your hands. And I was like, I was like, well, you know what? That's true. And actually, you know, I started doing fair it. fair point. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Like, I like okay, I cannot argue that, sir. <laughs> point to you. Uh, so what I did was. I started writing more, and you know, to be quite honest with you, man, it 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 became like therapeutic in a sense. Right. And I started writing more, and I started getting picked up by more and more websites. And in 2009, I started working with Karen Civil, and I started working with uh, the Smoking Section. Right. And that's when I really just started like honing in my voice. And, and for, I, I and for those about, that and for those that don't know, Smoking Section is one of those legendary music hip-hop blogs when it really oh, was the blog era like when it was oh yeah, yeah. right right i i am a direct product of the blog era man and you know the work that i got to do 
at the smoking section. Shout out to my man John Gotti. Shout out to my man Trent Clark, who's over at Hip Hop DX now. Right. Shout out to my man David Dennis. You know, and so many people. Like I, I, I owe them so, so much with you know helping me find my voice and. You know, just telling me to just really be fearless about whatever it is that I wanted to write about, whether it was sports and music and culture. Like, that's why I really started to, like, find my voice in that. And I started writing for a, a bunch of different ways. You know, I, I freelanced at, at Rolling Stone. Mm. Uh, my bo- my boys, Eddie Meissonette and Kenny Masinda, they brought me on to this other dope site. It's called the Sports Fan Journal. It's still, it's still up and running right now. Right. And I really just And I really just started, like, sharpening the iron there. And so to make a long story shorter... I was at homecoming in 2014 at Hampton's homecoming and it was an alumni day party. And one of my uh, older frat brothers came up to me and he was like, Tins, do you mind? uh, Do you mind if I introduce you to somebody at ESPN? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, I, that's how I know everybody in here been drinking. Because you asking me, can <laughs> do, you introduce me wait, to do somebody? Do you mind? Sorry to bother you, brother. <laughs> no, I, I hope you would. <laughs> right. So what, what happened was the introduction wasn't made that day. But when I was going back to work at, because uh, actually at this point in time, in late 2014, I'm working at the Housing Authority in Richmond, you know, right off Chamberlain. Oh, huh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. right, working, off, right yeah. off Guilford. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> right. right, 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 right back Guilford Court. Yeah, and just to give you some more uh, context as well, man, I, I went through so many different jobs uh, after I graduated college, man. I, I, I sold insurance. I did uh, proposal writing for the government. I collected unemployment for a while. Like it was. But you know, I went no, it was real. It was real. Out it there. was real, and you know, you start, you start like questioning yourself. You start thinking of things like, "Damn, am I, am, am I, this writing thing? Am I, is it the, the, is it the thing I should be doing? You know, am I going down the right, going down the right path?" But what it was for me was, it was the thing that was like keeping me sane because you know, I would go to work, do jobs that I necessarily didn't want to do, and I'm like, "Man, all right, cool. I'm gonna just write." from like 9 p.m. to like 2 a.m. and I'll just get like four or five hours of sleep and just do it all over again the next day. So again, we're at homecoming in 2014. My frat brother said, uh, do you want to ask me, do you do you mind if I introduce you to somebody at ESPN? So that didn't happen that day. So I'm, I'm going back to work that Monday after homecoming. This is November 2014 at this point. And uh, I, I emailed my frat brother as soon as I get there. I'm like, do you mind introducing me to that young lady that you were talking about? And he was like, yeah, give me one second. Literally five minutes later, he put me on an email. It was myself, him, and the young lady he was telling me about. She said, send me a couple of your writing samples. And she went to Hampton as well. And she was like, I can't guarantee you anything. But, you know, we'll see where it goes. And I'm like, at this point, this is the furthest I've ever gotten with somebody who works at ESPN. <laughs> right. I'm going to just shoot my shot, see where it goes. Exactly. And I closed the door in my office. Nobody had gotten to the office at that point, so I had some time to kill for myself. Man, I sent her about, oh, what she asked for, like 10 to 12 writing samples. And she was like, damn, that was pretty quick. You on it. I'm like, man, look, I don't know where this is going to go, but we're going we gonna to make it do what it do. Two weeks later, I'm, I'm actually driving up to Alexandria with uh, uh, one of my best friends and his wife. And we're going to a wedding in Alexandria for a mutual friend. I get a phone call on my phone from a 202 number that I didn't have saved. Turns out it was that young lady that I talked to. She was like, hey, what are you doing at like 8 p.m. tonight? I'm like, I'll be in my hotel. Like, what's good? What's going on? Somebody from ESPN wants to talk to you. 
you know, they read your stuff and they and they rock with it. I'm like, I can't really tell you what I said because uh, I might get you kicked off the air. Right, right. But it's a family I show. Was like, family I was, it's a family show. I'm like, really? Like, they want me? They want to talk to me? Man, so this is November 2014. The thing and and the I the concept for the undefeated it wasn't yet called that. Right. But the concept for the undefeated was in motion at that point. This was November 2014, and I lied to you not. By January 5th, 2015, that's when I was taking a one way flight out to LA to start with ESPN. It happened like that quick. So so all the years of like me writing and right. like second, third, fourth, fifth, all the way up to like 19th guessing myself. Right. You know all that stuff. It like. In life, you get that one opportunity that presents to you that will literally change your life. And you have to be ready when that opportunity comes around. And at least in my near 33 years of living, that was that one opportunity for me. And I like to think that, like, yo, I took that baton and I've been in a full-fledged sprint ever since. Now, Justin, I love that story. And I'm going to tell you why I love it so much. Just hearing you kind of even give the short version of it you know a couple of things stood out one it wasn't easy right nah. nothing nothing was nah. nothing was handed to you no nah, not at all two you were prepared when the opportunity came Absolutely. so when that when that connect happened you know what i mean you had already put in the work and i think that is the challenge when people see like oh man you know Justin is at ESPN. He's doing everything he wants to do. They didn't see all of that work that you had to put in, right? right. The process yep. to get yep. to not the end result because you're a very young man, but you know what I mean to get to the where yeah, you no. are now. And Absolutely. so that that and the other thing that really stands out, and people ask me this all the time, it's like you know they always have reasons why they can't get on a plane, right? Or they can't you know, drive up to, to D.C. or Alexandria or drive down to uh, Hampton or wherever it is. But it seems like you were not only prepared, had done the work, but when you were like, yo, it's time to go, you were like, I'm, I'm going. You know I what mean, I mean? Look, they didn't have those reasons to keep you in your in your comfort space. You know what I mean? And you just never know, man. Look, if you never know when something like this will come come again, if it, if it ever did. I, I could have easily been like, man, I've never lived on the West Coast. I've never been to the West Coast, to be quite honest with you. And I know people out there, but it's still a long way from home. Like, what do I do? I was like, nah. Like, my I, I, my mom and my grandmother are, like, two infinitely important, influential, and vital figures in my life. And, you know, they were like, yeah, of course, we're going to miss you. But they were like, yo, this is this is something you've been working for. Like, don't, <laughs> if you don't, don't get turn on away. This, if you don't get yeah. on this plane. She was, and my grandmother was like, if you don't get on the plane, I will. You right. know? Like, <laughs> and, and so it, I've, I haven't looked back since, man. It's been, obviously, there's there's no such thing as, like, a perfect job. Like, it, it, there, there's going to be times where you're like, man, this is, like, uh, it's starting to get to me. It's, like, doing this. But I realize what this blessing is. I, I realize how blessed I am to be able to write about topics that are passionate to me, but even more importantly, they're, they're important to a lot of other people. And that's one thing I've seen over the course of like, especially at the undefeated, man, it's just like a lot of this stuff isn't isn't new ground for me. You ask anybody that knew me from the smoking section or anything like that, I've been writing about these topics for years. It's just now that I, I think there's 
there's definitely a wide, a wider market for it now in terms of the topics that I cover and the intersections that I like to focus on. Well, let's talk about that. That's a great uh, transition. Let's talk about the undefeated. Um, mm-hmm. What is it about? What does the undefeated bring to the game right now that is so vital and so needed for people that may not be familiar with the undefeated? Well, undefeated, uh, I'll give you the, the, I guess, the official tagline, and then I'll actually get into to the real answer. But the undefeated is like the intersection, the premier intersection of race, sports, and culture. And an undefeated story, in a lot of ways, is going to have all three of those elements. Not all the time, because not not every story I do is going to feature all three, but that, that's what the undefeated is at its core. And... Why I think it's killing the game, I, I, you know, I'm biased. You know, I work there, so, uh, you know, personnel I, I, one. Yeah, yeah, personnel <laughs> one. You know, I, 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 I cash checks from there, so I, I am going to be biased a little bit. But no, I just, I just think that like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a portal, it's a hub, it's a home, as to where you know we can have these type of conversations, especially uh, conversations that we have in our community. You know, I, I look at somebody like somebody like a Colin Kaepernick and obviously Kaepernick is he's a huge, huge uh, topic and influence of what we do at the undefeated. And, we, you know, we write about, you know, why he's doing what he's doing. It's not necessarily to say like, oh, his quarterback rating was this is last year in the league or, you know what I mean? Uh he, his completion percentage was this or whatever the case may be like we'll have that in there but these are like the stories that that, that touch the nerve of conversations that we had you know why why did he protest why did he do but why did he decide to do that and, and what are the factors in society that eventually led him to do that because you don't really get a chance to see that a lot especially in, you know big time publication sure and you know, that's the cool thing about uh, what the site does. Like, it, a lot of what we cover are very, very sensitive issues. Like, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you what my mentions look like on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's cool. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. Because whenever you're writing about the truth, it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. It's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And I think you have to make people uncomfortable to really have these conversations. And even more important, even more importantly, excuse me, to have these conversations that lead to action. Well, you know, timing is so vital. And yeah. as you were mentioning, like culture is always going to be ahead of the media, but mm-hmm. it's just so dominant right now. The, the fact that hip hop culture, urban culture, whatever you want to call it, is mm-hmm. by far the driving force in America. Why do you think that intersection of race culture why do you think right now this timing is so critical is it because the nba is so dominant is it, or is it because you know we're come coming off of obama's presidency and into you know the situation we have now lord have mercy um, right. but, but but it's just seemed like everything is at an apex why, why do you think that intersection is so i mean I, I think like you said man the culture is always ahead of the curve and like people want to know just you know specifically as it regards with athletes you know people want to know what these men and women are like away from their sports you know like when we we think about like the the great athletes in history who have always like in a lot of ways changed the world it's been athletes who've been bigger than the sport that, that made them a household name you know ali and boxing 
or you got somebody like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in in in, in basketball, and John John Carlos and Tommy Smith. Like the the list could go on and on and on and on. But now, I mean, you just you you basically just hit the nail on the head. It's it, it's the one way the way media is now. You have a lot more voices in media, so you have a lot more voices that are willing to cover different parts of these athletes' lives. Now, you're always going to need the 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 reporters who give you the meat and potatoes the you know what these men and women are doing on the court you know on the field whatever the case may be but now everyone wants their voice to be heard or and i say i won't say everyone but so many want so many athletes want their voices to be heard on topics that you know affect them we hear LeBron speak about, you know, being more than an athlete. We hear Serena Williams speak up all the time about, you know, the, the, the problems in society. And that 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 rubs a lot of people the wrong way because we're just so used to dealing with sports. Just sports as it is. And like we've now when I say we, I mean a lot of people in society. Not like yeah, no, American no American society. Yeah. We're starting to see that yeah. now. Yeah, we, we and a lot of America still wants these these men and women to just you know the phrase stick to sports. But and that's and, and but that that's a fallacy and it's a falsehood because that's never been the case. That's never been the case. Like we've seen I mean, I tell people all the time, for as great as Muhammad Ali is, for as iconic as he is, you realize we we never saw the prime of his career. <laughs> we never saw the prime of his career because he was he was exiled. Yeah, he's he banned, exiled banned from, from boxing. boxing. Yep. He was banned from boxing for speaking his mind. And now, you know, uh, when he passed away a couple of years ago, and now everybody wants to be like, oh, he was just this great leader. He was fearless, this, that, and the third. But if you go back and read what people were saying about Muhammad Ali in 1967 and mm-hmm. 1968, 69, 70, like there's a lot of columnists in the New York Times that – the, the LA Times whatever, uh, whatever the big publications were at that point They were chastising him Because he didn't stick to sports He didn't just you know Get in the, box, get in the boxing ring Knock somebody out and then go to, go to the next fight he, sure. called, he called This country out For societal ills and a lot of these athletes Are doing that now and so Whenever you speak on things Whenever you call Whenever you force America to look into a mirror and be like, hey, these are things that need fixing, a lot of people are going to be like, well, why aren't you just hitting a home run? Why aren't you just swinging a tennis racket? Why aren't you just shooting a basketball? And But now with the with the way the media is, you have so many different people covering it. And that's and that, that could be positive and negative as well, just like everything in life. But I think with, with what you said, where is such a... Uh, at a, such a critical point in like this country's history in terms of just race relations, race relations, uh, economic relations, political relations, like, and you can't expect these these men and these women to just remain silent on that because this is a, and because I think every everybody can everybody can see what side of history they want to be on because now they have. The, the the examples like they have the John Carlos and Tommy Smith they have the Muhammad Ali's and like a lot of these athletes are like I don't want to be seen 20 30 years from now saying that I didn't do anything when I when I actually had a chance when I was at the forefront of society to do that and a lot of a lot of members of the media want to cover that some do it great some do it exceptionally some do it not so great you know what I mean <laughs> but that that's just the 
that's you got to charge it to the game when there's so many entry points into it now. The voice you are hearing is Justin Tinsley. He is the sports and culture writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. This is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. We got to get you out of here. I got a couple of really quick things that, uh, well, they'll be, they're not quick questions, but they're quick answers because we're, we're short right, on time. You. But got you. when we talk about this intersection of sports, race, culture, we just talked a lot about the NFL, so I got to ask you about Travis Scott and Big Boy were announced that they are going to perform at the Super Bowl. Initial thoughts? Uh, I knew they were going to get somebody. Uh, <laughs> right, they had to get somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I knew they were gonna, not everybody was going to turn down that bag. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bag, right? Don't they perform for free? Isn't that well, the whole I thing? Mean, well, here's the thing. Right. It, you might not get a bag from the Super Bowl itself. But right, it promotion. You right. For, yeah, you, you can't beat that. Right. Uh, look, man. Hey, that I I got to give it a short answer, so I, look, I I'm not mad at either one of them, right? Uh, and that, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, got to do what you got to do. Let yeah. me. All right, so a couple things. Real okay. There's another really short one, and I'll and I'll and again complicated answer. Given all we talked about just now and about the NFL, Le'Veon Bell. Not mad at him. Mad at him. You can just tell me. Not mad at him. Mad at him. Absolutely not mad at him. Right. And I will Absolutely tell you this, for, for people that aren't as familiar with The Undefeated, y'all have done some amazing coverage on the Le'Veon Bell. Even the interview with uh, Le'Veon Bell's agent and the article about him was fantastic. Make sure oh, you man. check out ESPN, The Undefeated, on, on, on that Le'Veon Bell coverage. Another look, a couple more rapid fires, Justin. I'll get you out of here. It was announced today that Kyler Murray, Oklahoma Heisman Trophy winner, is going to enter the NFL draft as opposed to take that baseball money right now. Right decision, wrong decision. Uh, I think it's great when any young man can, you know, take them, excuse me, any, any young man or any young woman can take control of his or her destiny and do what they want to do. I heard like he, he was trying to play hardball with the A's. I think he has 15 million from the A's. Yeah. Now it's hard to turn away from 15 million <laughs> in a sport that gives you a much longer shelf life. But Hey, look, man, I, I'm not mad at any, any, any young person that takes control of their own destiny, whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision. History will prove what it's going to prove, but I'm not mad at him at all. Here's the thing. I, I, I Personally, I understand and I'm not mad. For a societal part of this, I am, uh, I'm mad at Kyler Murray, and I'll tell you why. I'm a baseball fan. I grew up playing baseball, love gotcha. baseball. Yeah. We need young African-American stars in the that, game. Yeah. And so yeah. he's going to be a star, whether he's good or not. Like Tebow, Tebow is basically a, a baseball guy now, even if he's good or not. So the yeah. the, the, the the Kyler Murray watch in the single A and double A, you know what I mean? I needed that yeah. so I could point to, you know, the last couple. <laughs> I hate to say it this way, but you can know exactly what I'm talking about. The last couple years to find great black baseball stories you had to go to like the little league world series right Basically, you had to go yeah. to chicago's uh, team you had to go to monet davis i'm like look we need i mean just spectacular we need the days back when Dion was playing two in one day you know what i'm saying you know, my man clinton yates uh he works for the undefeated with me mm -hmm. he probably see him on tv a lot oh, yeah, he's, a, he's a he, he's a baseball aficionado he's a great baseball writer whenever he decides to write about it he wrote he wrote a really good piece for the undefeated uh, a couple of weeks ago during the college football playoff and why he hopes Oklahoma's last game would be Kyler Murray's like last game 
playing football. Right. And I encourage everyone to go read it. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible piece, and it speaks to a lot of what you were just saying. I, I strongly believe that strongly. Okay, we can get you out of here on the the because we haven't talked at all about hip-hop, and we both are hip-hop heads. Uh, right. Biggest record this year you're looking forward to, hip-hop record. Ooh, biggest hip-hop record that I'm looking forward to? I'm trying to think, trying to think. And I'm going to keep it strictly just hip-hop. Uh, you know, I've been reading a lot about these recording sessions. Dreamville. In Atlanta. Yeah. Dreamville. I'm, I'm, interested. I'm interested to see what come, comes out of that. You and I'm me really both. interested to see. You and me both. So, yeah. Now, you're not... Okay. I reserve the right to change my answer on that too because like so much comes up. But if you're asking me on the spot right now, I probably say that. No, I, I mean I, I've written it down. I'm excited about uh, Dreamville's. Uh, I guess the mixtape. I read. I read the, some of the sessions. I'm excited about it. Is there a sneaker drop that you're looking forward to? Um, I don't. I don't know. Well, she's she's not a, a sneaker at all. But I I really would like to hear. Whatever it is, Cardi's been working on because I really enjoyed her first album. Okay, Cardi B, I, I really enjoyed it, and she's supposedly uh, uh, working on a working on a follow up. It'll probably drop sometime later this year. Uh, okay, but I'm on, and she's not hip hop, although she has a lot of hip hop elements in her music. But I'm definitely interested to hear what Rihanna has to say. Oh, that's I'm a what's big up. Fan of Rihanna, oh, yeah, I heard so, she's in the. Yeah. They're in the studio. I read she's in the studio. No, I mean when I when I meant sneakers, I meant kicks. I mean, uh, is there any sneaker? Uh, I know. Look, I know you did the top six your sneakers over the holidays. I didn't know if there was any shoe drops. Look, man, uh, I'm still on the hunt to find <laughs> the, the South LeBron Beach. South Beach Eight. Like that. That is that is a huge quest in my life, and I find them. But then I always get cold feet because I see the price tag. And I'm like, no, nah, you just got to do it. You just got to yeah, do I, it. Yeah, I just got I got to do it. And next time I walk up on them in my size, I'm going to just hand them my credit card and just be like, Lord, forgive me. You know what I mean? Like, because I need those shoes in my life. I, I want those shoes so bad. And do, do, you, do you own a pair of Lonzo Ball Z01s or Z02s or whatever it is? Did you get the Lonzo Balls when they came out? Big that ball would be negative. That would be negative, my friend. That would, that would be negative. I did not have the big ball of brains. The big ball of brains. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Lonzo and the Lakers need to get it together, man. Like it's, it's not it's not working well for him from a marketing standpoint, from a team wide standpoint. They, them boys need to get it together, man. Like seriously. This is my last question for you, Justin, and I'll get you out of here because I know mm-hmm. I know you're 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 following this. Are you more excited for Bad Boys 3 or Coming to America 2? Oh, Bad Boys 3. What? what? Bad Boys 3. Yeah. <laughs> Bad Boys 3. I, look, look, man. Oh, I, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. And I, Coming to America is one of my favorite movies. I know, yeah, yeah, I know you've written like, about it. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that movie. I can quote that movie line for line from start to finish. But, like, I've been wrong. Lord knows I've been wrong before. I just don't see. How coming to America 31, well, shoot, when it comes out, it'd be like 31, 32 years sure. later. Like, but at least, at least with Bad Boys, I kind of got like, okay, well, Bad Boys 2 was like 15 years ago, but I still have faith in, in that brand because <laughs> I've, I've seen two movies. That. I don't, I don't know how Akeem and Simi coming back oh, from, uh, I was about to say Wakanda, I, I mean, Zamunda. Right. And, find like a long lost relative who might be the heir to the throne like it might work it might work 
We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, On that note, Justin, ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Justin Tinsley. He is the sports and culture writer at ESPN's The Undefeated. Justin, tell everybody where they can follow you and add to your already overwhelming uh, Twitter (laughs) Twitter responses. Uh, You can honestly, I, I use Twitter and Instagram more than anything. And you can look me up on Facebook. It's literally just my name, Justin Tinsley. Like, at Justin Tinsley. That's what it is. And you are listening to the Cheats Movement on WRIR. Justin, we're going to keep following, man. Thank you. And keep repping the 804 everywhere you go. We really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. And will do. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cheats Movement on WRIR. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. We got to thank 804 RVA for their support. We always got to thank WRIR. Gigi Broadway. I have to say one more thing. What do you got to say? I forgot one more very important resolution that I have. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is serious. I have got to get get on a vacation, get out of the country or something. So I'm going to start a campaign. Hashtag get... GG out of the out United of the States. So if you have wow. any travel agents, if you have any vacation That's packages, hilarious. y'all let me know. Please, I got to get out of here. So we got to get GG Broadway out of the country. I need a vacation. She needs a vacation. We got to figure out music picks. Um, I told her we w- I wouldn't put her on the spot. What I'll say about music picks is, and Justin mentioned it in the interview a little bit as well, Dreamville. Uh, Jay Cole and all these guys are doing some really exciting things in their sessions for their next mixtape. So it's not out yet. We're going to be looking to the future, but I'm very excited about Jay Cole and the Dreamville team. So go back and listen to some old Jay Cole, listen to some old Dreamville stuff, and uh, wait till that new mixtape drops. So I'm excited about that. Nice. Uh, until next time, Richmond, as always, you can follow us at The Cheats Movement. We're on Twitter, Facebook. All of that. Follow Gigi Broadway. Until next time, we'll be back. We see it. Peace.